You and I, we have been through a lot this past 20 months, haven't we? And sometimes when we've been through an especially tempestuous episode, it is helpful to just pause and reflect, to breathe, to remember, to remember in the words of the old hymn, I've seen the lightning flashing and heard the thunder roll. I felt sin's breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. Sometimes when I want to be short with the person in line at King Supers, or short over the phone with an automated list, no, I don't want to choose number three. I just want to talk to a human being. It is worthwhile to pause and remember that the past 20 months have been difficult at best and unbearable at worst. At that time, writes the author of Daniel, Michael, the great prince, the protector of your people, shall rise. Michael, in a biblical imagination, is a guardian angel, 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 wow, angel of God's covenant people who comes to their aid in times of immense pressure. For the author of Daniel, this was to happen specifically after the death of a spectacularly tyrannical ruler named Antiochus IV Epiphanes. If you want to impress someone at lunch today, say Antiochus IV Epiphanes, the Greek king of the Seleucid Empire. While preceding kings had been somewhat cordial toward the Jewish people, Antiochus IV was famously not. He made life in the second century CE very, very difficult for the Jewish people, and they rightfully imagined a time in which he was no longer on the throne. Daniel imagines a scenario in which the oppressed, the suppressed, and the repressed are delivered from Antiochus IV's grip. He goes so far as to conjure an image of what we would call resurrection, the first of its kind in the Hebrew Bible. The hope of a future resurrection here is one way to cope with a circumstance too heavy to bear. Hope in a future reality, a future development, a future turn of events that result in deliverance from present catastrophe is a way to make it to the other side. The week before last, I was waiting to receive my booster in Safeway when an employee walked into the waiting room with a box of vaccine and exclaimed to herself, COVID, COVID, COVID. I'm so tired of COVID. She didn't see me sitting there. Her moment of exasperation 
is natural. Who 20 months ago could have imagined we would still be watching numbers surge as they are? Who 20 months ago could have imagined we would spend so much time away from our glorious cathedral? The exasperation is natural. Looking into the abyss of global death, partisanization of proven public health solutions, and the dimness of the ongoing climate crisis, it can appear as if God has abandoned us, as if we are here alone, attempting to crawl our way through this episode with no direction and no help. At that time, Michael shall stand up, and in that time, your people shall escape. And many of the sleepers in the deep dust shall awake. How many of you are ready for that time? For that time, not just in the future, but in a future made present when God will awake us from this prolonged slumber of death and destruction from surging infection numbers and the weariness of this pandemic. That awakening need not wait. It is ours even now because it is God's even now. I say that because at that time, that phrase in Daniel is not wishful thinking. It is not rose-tinted glasses. At that time is a creative way of saying things cannot stay this way forever. God will intervene. God must intervene if God is God. No person, community, or nation is destined to perpetual suffering. Suffering, in God's imagination, is not a life sentence for you or for me. No, suffering is what St. Paul refers to as a momentary affliction. And even more poetically, how my ancestors sang it. I'm so glad trouble don't last always however you choose to say it. I want you to know that the phrase at that time is a promise from God to you. You will outlast whatever you are facing. At that time, the prophet says, Michael the great prince shall stand up and in that time you shall be delivered. To say at that time is not to say that I am to twiddle my thumbs until God makes an unmistakable intervention in my circumstance. Rather, when I hear at that time, I catch God's future promise trespassing on the property of my present. At that time is not necessarily a chronological expression at that time is as much a hopeful characterization of a hundred years from now as it is of this very moment. 
I have an example as we close. And when I was a kid growing up in my black Baptist church in Fort Worth, Texas, when a preacher said, as we close, that meant the sermon was going for 40 more minutes. (laughs) And I promise you, the sermon will not go even four more minutes. For some time, a few years ago, I found myself deeply frustrated with the sacred music of my ancestors. In much of the music I heard as a child down through today, it sounded like they were saying, things may be rough down here, but God will straighten it out when we get to heaven. For instance, in the old Negro spiritual, all of God's children got shoes, it is sung, I got shoes, you got shoes, all of God's children got shoes. When I get to heaven, gonna put on my shoes. And this upset me. I wanted them to sing something more like, I am barefoot because of systemic disadvantages based on racism. I don't want to wait until I get to heaven to put on my shoes. I demand my shoes now. You see why I'm not a songwriter. But as I've listened and prayed and contemplated on this and other examples of black folk music, I've begun to appreciate that that's exactly what they're saying, just in a more subtle and poetic way. Of course, if I have shoes in heaven, I better have shoes on earth too. If God, in the words of Daniel, is going to send St. Michael and the armies of heaven to deal decisively with Antiochus IV or COVID-19 or COVID-4 and Antiochus Nineteenth at that time, then God is already doing reconnaissance as we speak. God's already working it out on our behalf right now. It just takes a little bit of imagination to appreciate it. Amen.